Hello. <laughs> it is so good to be back. Thank you for having uh, me and my family is here today. So you guys can, uh, <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we can meet after the service. Um, I, uh, I wanted to uh, preach every time I come here uh, because I know that uh, we have different age groups. I try to pick a topic that everybody can relate to. Although it's not always possible, uh, the times that are, I, I, wanna, I wanna try to do that so that everybody can hopefully get something out of this time. And today's topic is uh, about complaining. <laughs> uh, you know, because we all do that, right? <laughs> and then um, it's, it's, we, even probably more so than before, uh, we live in, in times where each day, no matter who you are, is dominated by complaints, right? It happens to all of us from the moment we're born <laughs> until we die. Complaining never stops. I have a seven, I, I think it's eight months now, seven or eight, eight. <laughs> eight month old baby and uh, when he was born, the first thing he did was complain. You know, he cried and cried like, I don't like this environment, this is new to me. And he hasn't stopped for the past eight months. And then I have a four-year-old daughter, she turned four yesterday. For four years, she's never stopped complaining. She gets better at it, actually. <laughs> and then later, as we get older, you know, we complain about vegetables or school teachers or parents, church, uh, ourselves, things that we don't like about ourselves. I mean, the complaining is endless. We can complain about anything and everything. And we do it so often throughout the entire day, so much that now for many of us, it's actually normal to live that way. But uh, complaining in the scriptures, complaining is actually a very serious matter. It's not something that we can just take lightly. It's very serious. And the price that we pay for living as complainers is very high, according to the scriptures. Um, so today we're going to see compelling reasons uh, why, as Christians, we should consider strongly uh, not living a life of complaint. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Once again, that's Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. I will be reading from the ESV, but whatever version you have is fine. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. This is what the Word of God says. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. This is what uh, the Word of God says. This is what uh, you know, Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says. 
the first reason why we shouldn't complain is because complaining actually affects your spiritual growth, your spiritual life. You know, Paul starts by saying, do, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be, that you may be, that you may be blameless and innocent, right? Meaning we're still, in one way, we're already that, right? We're justified. In another way, we're, we're still becoming that. We're getting sanctified, right? These are like theological terms that you can ask your leaders later if you don't know what they mean. But Paul is saying we are still growing, that you may be blameless, and we're still growing. And, and a few verses before this, he talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying we're still growing spiritually. We're still becoming what we already are, blameless and innocent. So what Paul is actually saying is that we play a role in our spiritual growth. Ultimately, God is the one who grows us spiritually and he's ultimately responsible for our spiritual growth. But somehow, someway, mysteriously, we get to partner with God when it comes to our spiritual growth. And here Paul is saying, if you don't want to stunt your spiritual growth, if you don't want to stop growing, if you don't want to affect your spiritual growth in a negative way, then don't grumble, don't question, don't complain. Because if you grumble and question, if you complain, you play a role in stunting your spiritual growth. This is the best of both worlds because... God is in control of, of everything. He's, he's fully responsible for a, spiritual, for a spiritual growth, which is great because then that, you know, takes away the burden from us having to be responsible ultimately. So we don't have to have that burden because God is ultimately responsible. But it's also good that we get to partner and be a part of this because it keeps us from getting lazy. It keeps us from not working at our spiritual growth. So this is why it's great that God is fully responsible. It's great that we play a role because we don't have the burden or the pressure ultimately, but we can't get lazy either. <laughs> so here Paul is saying, if, if you want to continue to become blameless and innocent, if you want to continue growing spiritually, if you don't want to stunt your spiritual growth, then you must not complain. Uh, here, when he's talking about being blameless and innocent, he's talking about somebody that, blameless is somebody that is so pure, like you can't find anything wrong with them. They're not perfect because nobody is perfect, but no matter how deep and hard you look, this is somebody that you're going to have a really hard time finding something bad in their lives. The word innocent has the sense of purity, that you're not contaminated, you're not corrupted, you're, not, you're, you're, you're pure, uh, you're not contaminated. Um, so, so here, when you combine all of that, what Paul is saying is, if you don't want to stunt your spiritual growth, if you don't want to get corrupted, twisted, impure, become impure somehow, some way, then we can't complain because complaining would lead to spiritual stunt. Our spiritual growth will be affected and we're going to get, we're going to become impure. We're going to become corrupted, blemished in some ways 
because of the complaint. Um, complaining is to the Christian what the ring was for Smiggle in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> if, maybe it's too old a movie, but it was one of the greatest movies of all time, right? But remember what the ring did to, uh, I think that was his name, right, Smeagol? Or maybe that became his name. He was a perfectly nice human being. But the ring corrupted him and made him into a beast. Maybe not to that extreme, but it has similar meaning to the Christian. If you and I live a life of complaint, complaining as Christians, you're going to see yourself become more and more twisted, corrupted in ways that you didn't think you could possibly become. And you're going to see a lack of spiritual growth in your life. This is why we should strongly consider not complaining because it affects a very important part of who we are, our spiritual growth. Um, there was a, there was a, um, a quote by a non-Christian. As far as I know, she's not a Christian. It was from a TED Talk. If, if you know what a TED Talk is, it's like, you know, where people come in, they're really knowledgeable about a topic, and they come and they give a, a talk about that. And there was this person called Watson McKenna. She was an expert in, when it comes to complaining. <laughs> that was her area, the area that she studied her whole life. And she's not a Christian as far as I know, but this is what she said in her talk. He, she gave examples of, of people complaining, and this is what she said. My food is taking forever. I have an essay to write. This thing is taking forever to load. Why do we have to learn this? My teachers are so mean. Statements like these don't fix the problem, but might make things worse. In 2007, NBC News tried to inform people about such things. It stated in a recent article that teenage girls who try to vent to each other about their problems from boy trouble to bigger issues were more likely to develop depression and anxiety. NBC also said that after they complained, instead of making them feel better, it reinforced the small fears that they already had or even introduced new ones. In the end, they became more terrified about their problems than when they first became a problem. This doesn't just apply to teenage girls, but to all. When you complain, your brain actually cuts back in neurons and the understanding and problem-solving portion of your brain. Thus, the more you complain about your problems, no matter how small they may be, the harder it can be to solve the ones that need to be solved. The secular world and the Christian world don't always agree in everything, but when it comes to complaining, it seems like we do. <laughs> The secular world is saying, don't complain, it messes you up physically. The Christian world says, don't complain, it messes you up spiritually. There's no win at all when we complain. Physically and spiritually, it affects our lives in ways that are not good. When we complain, we cannot make progress in life. We're stuck. Because when we complain, we're not thinking solutions, we're only thinking problems. And when you're only thinking problems, you can't think about ways to solve a problem. You're only thinking about how bad things always are. When we complain, we can't love. If you complain to your spouse and you try to fix them or change them that way, and you think you're succeeding, you are not. 
The only thing they hear is, you don't love me, you don't love me, you don't love me, I don't matter to you, I'm not going to listen to you. And distance will grow between whoever you're complaining with. It kills love. It kills our ability to make progress in life. It stunts us in many, many ways. It keeps us small and, uh, and affects, it affects us physically and spiritually. Jack Ma, I think, uh, another non-Christian, I think. I'm quoting a lot of non-Christians today. Uh, he, I think he's the richest man in China. He said, uh, stop complaining and you'll find opportunities. So everybody seems to agree that something we do daily so often, so many times, it's so bad. And every way you can perceive it, when it comes to career, relationship, marriage, your physical life, your spiritual life, it affects everything in negative ways. So these are reasons why maybe we should consider uh, trying to not complain. Not only uh, does complaining affects, affect us in, in those ways, but it actually keeps us from being effective as children of God and winning non-Christians. When we complain, we become useless to God. There's no mission that he can accomplish uh, for his kingdom through us if we are known uh, for being complainers. We become useless to God. He cannot use us. And, and that's what Paul is saying, right? He's saying, uh, let me read it again. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you should shine as lights in the world. <laughs> so our job is to shine as lights in a world that is opposed to God, is crooked, is twisted, they are rebelling against God, they desperately need God, and we who have met Christ are supposed to shine, like shine our light. We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be very attractive so that those people can come to know God, but when we complain, there's no light. We don't shine at all. There's no way we can win a world that doesn't see us any different from who they are. Because we do the same thing that they do. We complain. We become disqualified in God's mission when we complain. Remember, remember that happened in the Old Testament too, right? The Israelites, when God saved them from Egypt, what was their biggest problem? Why were they disqualified from entering the promised land? Why didn't they make it to the promised land? Do you remember why? Because they complained so much. From the very beginning to like, I don't want, you know, more manna, I want meat, like, where's the water? Like, they kept on complaining, even though God saved them, set them free, they couldn't stop complaining until finally God said, okay, you're not entering the promised land. You failed your mission. <laughs> you're disqualified because of your sin of complaining. In the same way, today, as Christians, we become very ineffective if non-Christians see us complain the same way that we don't stand out. There's no light that shines when we live that way. However, however, if we don't complain, just do one thing right, don't complain, you're going to shine. There's going to be this light about you 
People are going to see something different, something attractive. You're going to stand out. You want to stand out? You want to be special? Then start by not complaining. Simple as that. And we might be able to win people to Christ and be effective in the mission that God has for us. You know, a few uh, years ago when I wasn't doing ministry, I didn't have a job. And um, I didn't have a job for a long time. <laughs> so my finances run out. I, my savings were gone. I still had a family I needed to provide for. And I was getting desperate because, um, you know, financially things were getting a little tough. And around that time, three uh, Chinese friends that I have that used to be my students from my first church that I ministered to many years ago who were no longer walking with God. Uh, they were no longer going to church. They were no longer walking with God. They, they used to be my, uh, my, my, my members from my previous church, but they were not walking with God anymore, at least not all of them. But they were all doing business together somehow, so, and they were pretty successful. They would buy cars here and sell them to China. But I guess the competition got pretty bad here, and uh, they wanted to expand to Mexico. And they knew I spoke Spanish, so they called me and they said, hey, can you go to Mexico with us for a couple of weeks? We'll pay for everything, you're, you know, for everything. And can you just help us, you know, like translate for us so we can get established and, and expand our business to Mexico so we can buy cars in Mexico and ship them to China and profit, make, make profit. That month, I needed exactly $2,000 to get by. Guess how much they offered me <laughs> for two weeks? $2,000, exactly $2,000. This is how God works. This is how I knew, okay, God, you're alive. <laughs> you love me still. Uh, and then they, they say, we'll give you $2,000. We'll pay for everything. Can you come with us? And I said, yes. I went. They were going there to make money. These are my old church members, my old, that I ministered to, that I knew they weren't walking with God. They were there. They went to Mexico thinking they're going to make a profit. I went to Mexico thinking this is a mission trip. I need to win them back because they're not walking with God right now. And, but then they, knew, they know I'm a pastor. They've heard me preach. So there's nothing that I can really say like that spiritual. And there was one guy that was new that was a non-Christian that I'd never met. But we became close friends. So I was, before we left, I was thinking, and before we go there, you know, experts today say, uh, especially Pastor Tim Keller says that 65% to 80% of churches in America are declining. And nobody, nobody, nobody has able to come up with a solution of how to win the next generation. Nobody knows how to evangelize to the next generation. Everybody's just aging and declining. 65 to 80% in all churches of America. But nobody has found a way to, to, to you know, evangelize to this new, new generation. And I'm not claiming to have the answers. But I am saying we can start by not complaining. <laughs> That'll do so much. That'll make us shine. And that might open doors for people to come to Christ and join our churches. Anyway, so I was thinking, how can I minister, minister to them? And, and before we went, I decided in my heart that I'm just going to go serve them. I'm just going to go love on them. They already know who I am. They already know I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. I'm just going to serve them, love them, and I'm not going to complain. doesn't matter how hard it gets. I'm not going to complain at all because I was already, you know, working on this passage at that time. 
So I, was, I remember thinking, I'm, I'm not going to complain. doesn't matter how hard it gets. We got there. Those guys worked like crazy. I, I was trying so hard not to complain, but it was so hard. They worked like 15, 16 hours. I didn't know they were going to work that much. And I was trying to like really not complain. And I was you know, asking God for help because I wanted to complain so many times. I didn't sign up for this. You owe me $10,000 for this amount of work. You know, but, uh, but, you know, I tried my best, and, and, and I didn't complain. At least not as much, you know. Maybe a little bit, but as much as I could, I, I, I didn't complain. And you know what started happening? It was so strange. You know, you know, after a few days, even the non-Christian guy, they would say, can you pray for the meal? He's not even a Christian, <laughs> and he's saying, can you pray for the meal? And after that, we would, we would pray for every meal after that, and when we would forget and we would start eating, uh, you know, the, the non-Christian guy would say, would say, hey, everybody, you know, drop your spoons. And we didn't pray, we didn't pray. <laughs> and they'd say, can you pray? In the middle of the meal, can you pray? And then after you pray, they'll continue eating. It was so weird. I never asked to pray. They asked me. And then when we would have some free time and we would have, you know, drinking coffee, they would bring up, like, difficult topics uh, that normally you, you wouldn't be able to talk about even amongst Christians that easily or non-Christians. And they would ask me questions about abortion. They would ask me questions about homosexuality because, you know, like, the whole culture was talking about it. And they would say, so what does God say, really say about these things? They asked, you know, I never mentioned, they, they wanted to know, so I told them, this is what God says, this is what scripture says. The last day before we left, somehow, someway, during our breakfast, our conversation led to them wanting to know how to meet God. And like in the middle of our breakfast, basically they asked me, can you, can you share the gospel with us? Can you tell me how one becomes a Christian? I didn't even offer to do that. I wasn't even planning on doing that. My only thing was, I'm not going to complain. And then the last day, I got to share the gospel with them. This is how you become a Christian. This is what you need to do. And, you know, and I'm not going to say they're, you know, like, oh, like at that spot they became a Christian. And hopefully, but uh, seeds were planted, so who knows how God's going to use it. But what I, what I, the reason why I'm sharing this story, because the only thing I tried to do was not complain. And it opens so many doors in just two weeks. In your school, in your workforce, in your, you know, your job, your family, whoever you're surrounded by on a daily basis, if you become known as a person who doesn't complain, they're going to sense something different about you. They're going to start to see a light that they don't really see in other people. They're going to start to ask you about God. It's going to open doors for you to really serve God well and continue on the mission that he's in with you joining him. So that's what uh, another reason why we shouldn't complain, not just because it affects us personally in so many negative ways, but also because it keeps us from being effective and being used by God, being on a mission with him. We can't be on a mission with him if we're known to be complainers. And the last reason that Paul gives of why we shouldn't complain. It, this one's actually a little bit more serious. He says, you shouldn't complain 
Because if you do, then you might not be a Christian at all. That's what he's saying, right? He's saying, did I run in vain? Did I labor in vain? Did I pastor you and shepherd you? And did I do all those Bible studies and all those? Did I invest my life to you in vain? You know, like, was there nothing that came out of the, were you not even a Christian to begin with? Like he's saying, please spare me from, from that, from, 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 from me having served in vain because, you know, you were not, never a Christian to begin with. Complaining is a sign that may be showing us that we may not belong to God's family at all. After all of these years of everything that's been poured out, you know, to us from the church, from the pastors, from the shepherds, from the leaders, it might all have been in vain. If what has grown out of us after all of these years, if what has grown out of us is a spirit of complaint instead of a love for the scriptures, which that's why Paul is talking about the scriptures here. You know, as a Christian, if you see yourself growing more as a complainer rather than growing more in love with the word of God, then maybe, just maybe, you might not be a Christian at all. You might not be saved. You might not belong to the family of God. If that's where your heart gets more inclined to after all of these years of belonging to the church, to the family of God. If what has grown is the spirit of complaint, then we, we need to take a serious look at ourselves and, and, and have serious moment with God uh, to, to, to deal with that. Because it's, it's that serious. It is that serious. Eternity might be hanging on the line uh, if we have grown in complaining rather than in, in love of God's word. Uh, a, a theologian, an Old Testament theologian, he said, Richard Kaufman is his name, he said, the way in Hebrews it says that we know that somebody doesn't believe because they grumbled and complained. That's how we know that somebody doesn't believe because they grumble and complain. Complaining will keep us from entering heaven. Paul says that I, I did not run in vain, that I didn't run for nothing, meaning they were not real Christians, never really saved. The root of complaining is the heart of unbelief. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little serious, right? Uh, complaining uh, can lead to actually show us that maybe what really resides in us is a heart of unbelief, not of belief. Um, but he, here's why complaining is actually really bad. Why the sin of complaining is actually really bad. Because when we complain, ultimately, ultimately, when you and I complain, we're not complaining to our friends, to our coworkers, to our spouse, to the world. that we, We're not complaining to them. Ultimately, we're complaining to God. Ultimately, we're complaining to God. Because God is, 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 is a leader. God is, is, he's in control. He's sovereign. He controls everything. And every time we blame somebody for something is usually the one that's in charge. Right, the president or the pastor, or we are complaining against them. Whatever happens to us, it's directed maybe to other people around us, but ultimately the source is who's in charge. If you're in charge, you are to be blamed. It's your fault. 
So when we complain, ultimately, ultimately, all complaints are directed towards God. We are saying, God, you messed up. We are sinning by telling, by the biggest sin that comes out of complaint is that we are complaining against God. We're sinning against him. We're telling him how wrong he got it, that we're not thankful at all for what he's done in our life. Everything is directed to him. We're telling him how much we don't like him. We're telling him how much we don't like how he's leading our, our lives. Ultimately, every complaint, big or small, is directed to God. And this is why complaining is so bad. You know, when I was a, uh, a college pastor, uh, years ago now, I would talk to my college uh, members and, man, they would complain so much. Maybe college is the age that you complain. Any college students here? Don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> but maybe it was just because I was doing college ministry. Every time we would sit down, they would complain so much. And these are like Irvine kids. I'm not going to tell you the church because you, you, you can know where the church is at, but... Uh, it's not my current church either, okay? Because my current church is in Irvine too, but like another church that I served at for many years as a EM pastor there. Hey, I would sit down with my colleagues. These are like rich Irvine Korean kids. <laughs> they have everything they need, you know? These Irvine kids. And then like, but then the moment we sit down, they would complain so much. Like they would come to me and say, I hate my parents. And the parents, like, spoiled them so much. That I hate my parents. Then I will tell them, hey, I just came back from missions from Mexicali last week. And in our missions, uh, we, uh, we, we serve orphan kids. There was a two-year-old that was abandoned by her mom and her dad. She would gladly take your imperfect parents in a heartbeat. You don't want them? Give them to her. She'll take them. And she'll love them. She'll never complain about them. All of them were waiting to be adopted by parents. And if, you know, sometimes other kids would come to me and say, you know, like, I hate my job. You know, like, I, they've only been working there for a week, and they're like, I hate my job. <laughs> and I would tell them, hey, it's funny how all of this stuff happened when I would come back from missions. And, hey, last week I came back from Tijuana missions. And on the way here, in Tijuana, there's a wall, like six miles long, I think, or more. It has a bunch of crosses. You know what those crosses mean? It's a, it stands for every person that tried to cross over from Mexico to here just to get a, 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 a minimum wage job. But they got shot in the way, and they didn't make it. And they died. And they put a cross there to honor it. They would gladly take the job that you hate and do a great job <laughs> at the job that you have. And, you know, we can go on and on and on, church and family. But here, here's the reason, the real reason why we complain. We complain because we think we're deserving. We complain because we think we're deserving. We think, God, you owe me. God, you got it wrong. God, my life should be better than this now. I should be way ahead of this. God, you're messing up. 
I deserve better than this, God. This is why we complain to God. We think we deserve better, and we forget that we are undeserving sinners, saved by grace alone, through faith alone. And that God owes us nothing, and if he didn't give us anything after he saved us, we would still be indebted infinitely to him. But somehow, someway, we forget how undeserving we are, how that the only thing that we deserved really, really, really was the wrath of God and to live separately from him eternally. We forget his grace. We forget what he's done for us. So we complain. We think we deserve more. Here's how you and I might, this is the only hope that we have, that we might not be people that complain, Christians that complain. Here's how you and I will not complain. If we really get this, if this really sinks into our hearts, it might change us. It might transform us. It will transform us so that we will, not perfectly, we're not going to be perfect, but for the most part, we will live a life of gratitude rather than complaining. Jesus was the only one in the history of mankind. If there is anybody that had legitimate reasons to complain, it was Jesus Christ. None of us can complain. But if there was anybody that really had the right to complain, it was Jesus, right? Because Jesus really didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong because Jesus really lost everything. He lost the comforts of heaven to come here on earth to die on a cross and to take uh, as God to take also on humanity and be limited in some ways. Man, he really had the right to complain because he didn't do anything wrong. Everything was just brought upon him. But he never complained. He never complained. Not once did he complain. Even though he had all the right to do so. Do you know why he didn't complain? He didn't complain because of you. Because if he complains, he can't have you. If he says, God, I don't want to do this, he can't have you, he can't have me for the rest of eternity. But he didn't complain so that he can have you and so he can have me for all of eternity. To get you, he never complained when he had the right to do so. If we understand this, this kind of love, how can we complain against him? Let us pray. Let's just take a moment to pray. Maybe God has uh, spoken to you this morning. Maybe there's some, some things that he's convicting you to repent from. Maybe you need some help if you really believe that complaining has affected your life in so many ways, but you can't stop. Whatever the case may be, uh, maybe you need the strength to ask somebody for forgiveness that you have been constantly attacking with your complaints. Ask God to help you, to forgive you, to change you, 
to help you understand that he didn't complain because of you, that kind of love. Help you understand how much he loves you to the point of dying on the cross without ever complaining so he can have you. Ask him to help you understand that so you can start to change, so you can be transformed and also become somebody that doesn't complain. Let's pray. Father, continue to work in our hearts, minister to us, Lord, and help us to be grateful today, Lord. Change our hearts of complaining to hearts of gratitude and joy, and as we remember how undeserving we are, and as we remember how much grace you have given us, and as we deeply understand that you love us so much, the point that although you did nothing wrong, you never complained when injustice was being done to you so that you can have us for the rest of eternity. Have mercy on us, forgive us, and please help us. In Jesus' name we pray.